Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 167. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Dude, I was telling you off air, and I will, I will share the story on Please air. Do. Uh, Today has not been. A, it did not start off great. Uh, the kids woke me up at six fifty eight in the morning, and and for some of you out there, that may not be early, but for me, that is. I tend to sleep till seven thirty. That's when I know I'm getting up, so I go to sleep knowing that I can get. I can go to sleep at eleven thirty and get a full eight hours. Good. Um, except that when I get up at six fifty eight, because the two of them are fighting over what to wear. It's insane. The two of them are at 6.58. I want to wear this. No, I want to wear it. It's 6.58. I should be asleep still yeah. for another 32 minutes. What are you? Get back to your rooms now. Ah, it was a rough, rough start to the day. That's that's brutal, man. I don't wish that on anybody. That's a tough start to wake up a half hour before your alarm to a fight. Not good. I, it's kind of like when I, when I used to have cats. Okay. I remember living in an apartment and I had two cats, uh, Scout, and I forget what the other cat's name was. It wasn't mine, so like, whatever. Um, and they would always come to my room at like 30, 40 minutes. And a cat owner's out there is going to say the same thing, 30 or 40 minutes before. And they just scratch at the door. And then when you, you get, you wake up and go, what do you want? And they run away. Oh, no, yeah. just tell me, tell me, please. I just want to go back to sleep because they would come back and scratch again and meow. Oh, Annoying. Oh my god, brutal, absolutely yeah. brutal. Cats are the worst sometimes. So <laughs> with you, man. Um. So okay, I got a good story that I could share. Um. So I self confidence took a a huge dip, and I'll explain why. Uh-oh. So last night, my okay. Here b- before I get into the story. Don't buy anything from Bob's Discount Furniture. That place stinks. <laughs> stinks. So about a month ago, uh, I have a bed that's maybe like two years old. Got no. A bed. A new bed? A bed frame. Yeah, you remember, remember when I got the bed? That was yeah, a, yeah. what, like two years ago, maybe? 
Has it been two years? A year and a half. I think it was Christmas of la- not 2019, 2018. So it's coming Dude, up. Dude, it two feels years. like a week ago that you got this thing. Right. Anyways, okay. Right. Big big topic of discussion on the EOI podcast. So, <laughs> um, the you know like the the bars that like go across that hold the uh the what do you call it in place the um oh my god the frame. No, no, no. Well, it's a part of the frame, but it holds, like, what goes under the mattress? The, the uh, box spring. Yeah, it holds the box spring in place. Well, they broke. All of, like, Already? metal. <laughs> snapped. Like, bent in. Concave. Oh, so, oh in, the, in the middle of the night last night, I'm sleeping, and then I just feel, boom. And I'm, like, folded in like a taco. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, it's literally, con- my bed is concave. So, I'm, like, F this. Like, it's... God knows what hour, three in the morning. So I'm like, I'm just going to roll out the rest of the day or the rest of the night, two and a half more hours, three hours more sleep, and I'll worry about this tomorrow. So today I ripped out those uh, those bars going across. So now I have the just the box spring on the floor and the mattress on top of that. Some real ghetto stuff, but it's uh, that's going to have to do for now because I am... Uh, Tired of becoming concave when trying to sleep in my own bed. That sounds awful. That's the worst. Yep. So that's the thing. And so Bob's discount furniture wasn't ready to to help you out with that? No. Well, I don't have a warranty or anything. One, I don't think. I think it was only a year warranty. Two, I didn't even buy it. It was a gift for myself. And that person is no longer like... uh, in my life so it's gotcha. like it's just the whole thing so yeah i don't know i'm uh, sol oh man well a new bed frame yay yay fantastic so add that to the <laughs> list let's let's get into the islanders we we're talking about kids and bed frames let's get into the <laughs> islanders here mitch a lot to get to uh we're gonna start off though with uh, uh down on the farm so i want to give you a ton of credit not that I don't uh, already, but you've been doing a ton of work with the prospects. Mad props to you. I love following along every single day and looking at the prospect report. So let's do it for the podcast. Let's get where everyone's at, how they're doing. Let's get into it. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I, I found myself, so I bet a lot on KHL games, pulled out a big one today. Uh, big, big for me anyways. Right. <laughs> so $3 win. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I put three dollars down. Anyways, I don't get it. I watch a lot of KHL and I found myself like waiting for like KHL games at twelve, and then I saw like Mestis games were on. Uh, sometimes SHL games, and I was like, "Well, we have guys there, so why don't I watch some of this stuff?" And then I started following along with that, and it, it snowballed into every day I'm following along who's playing and what time uh, and what they've been doing. So let's get it. Where do you want to start? You want to start in Finland, Sweden, or in in Russia? Because that's really the, the three. Let's go Russia first and work our way back. Okay, so like there are prospects playing in uh, that could play in other leagues, but none of those leagues are playing currently. The only other one uh, is, is William Tsfou, uh who's playing for the Voltsijar in uh, in the QMJHL. But the QMJHL has been on pause until today, uh, although that has been extended. And I, I, I don't know up until when. I believe until November fourteenth. So gotcha. he's not playing for a while still. So forget them. Just concentrate on what's going on here. Uh, in, in, here as in Russia. So, first off, in Russia, all we have is Anatoly Golishev playing with, for Avtomobilisk, uh, which is out in Yekaterinburg. Uh, and he's doing pretty well. He's got 12 points in 17 games. Uh, plays, you know, a roughly like 15, 16 minutes a night. 
on a pretty decent team. I believe last I checked, they were third in the Eastern Conference uh, out in Russia. They're behind the uh, AK Bars and Avangard Omsk. And um, so he's playing along with uh, Pavel Datsuk over uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Automobilis. And they're, they're killing it. But Datsuk is absolutely killing it. He, at like 42 years of age, 42, 43, still putting up like 20 some odd points. He's pretty close to that. Uh, it's it's absolutely insane, uh, but he's he's an okay winger is what he is. He's he's a good winger at the KHL level. When it comes to the NHL, I I don't see anything higher than a middle six. Sorry, than a bottom six. Do you think he comes over and has like a, and has like a legitimate chance? Like, what's your take on that? Probably, like, okay. like so. They, I know he said like last year, right, that he wanted he was looking at houses yeah, here yeah. now. Uh, of course, this was all pre-COVID, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. who knows what's happened since then? Uh, but uh, as well with COVID stuff, like the uh, the KHL has a a salary cap now, and he he's a pretty good player. He's not going to be making a ton of money on the salary cap. I think even a million dollars, like American, on the cap is, is quite a bit. I think that's like nine million rubles. Uh, something of the sort, and the, the the cap is like ninety million or, or, or nine hundred million. I, I may I may have like uh, the the decimal off by a little bit, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? Um, so he's probably going to want to come over and, and make a little bit of change, at least at the NHL level. And you would expect like some of the points that he's been putting up somewhere around like a Jan Kovar deal, right? Like a one year, two million dollar payout, uh, which would be a, a considerable payout to him. Uh, and that wouldn't be terrible for us for what could be a you know third line winger. That's not a terrible price point. And, and no. maybe let's say 1.5 million. That's not a terrible price point. No, absolutely not. And I'd rather take a, a flyer on this guy at he's 25 years old, g- going to turn 26 in February. I'd rather take a flyer on him than have to see Leo Komarov or Michael Dalcole on that line where like I know that we we feel like they're the whipping boys, but we we know what they are at this point and we know how much they can elevate their game. And it'd be interesting to see what a guy like this could do. Like, he's popped in, what, 19 goals two years ago, 11 in 38 games the in uh, 2019. He's got seven in 18 so far. Like, he could be some decent depth scoring. Yeah, he's a, a good player at the KHL level. Whether that translates to the NHL, we'll see. Right. Um, well, or we may not. I, I'm not sold on him coming over. I'm at about a 75%... He'll probably come over. Okay. Whereas twenty five, like I don't, I don't think he's coming, just because the Islanders could have other options, uh, mainly with some of the players we might see uh, throughout this list that are, that are considerably younger and, and maybe have more upside. Now, do we um, do we think it's after this year if he would come over, or is it like God knows when kind of thing? Uh, I I think it would be now, and if it doesn't, if it isn't now, then I don't think he does. And if he does come over, I believe it would be as a UFA. I think after next year, he's a UFA. Okay. Although he's a Russian prospect, so no, they'd be un, uh, No, there's no UFA on a Russian prospect, as far as I understand. Right, because that was the whole thing with Sorokin that we we're that's right trying to deal with. Yeah. So yeah, I I wouldn't again like he could, but I'm whatever. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's move this thing backwards. Where do you want to get to now? So let's go to Finland because that's the, the closest one geographically for going from you know the west to the east or east to west. Sorry, Jesus Murphy. Uh, okay, so it 
in Finland, we've got four guys there. Let me just space this out so I cannot get all jumbled up in my stuff here. We've got Ruslan Ishkakov, Otto Koivula, Matthias Rezhenyemi, and Henrik Tikkanen. Those last two guys we just picked up this year at the draft. Uh, Rezhenyemi was a sixth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, and Tikkanen was the seventh-round pick. Yeah, because okay. full was the fifth, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It went Lundkrantz, uh, Jeffries, full Rezhenyemi, Tikkanen. Yeah. yeah. So let let's start with maybe Ishkakov because he's maybe the more uh the, the hotter name out on the block at least when it comes like for me. Mm-hmm. I'm super high on what Russian Ishkakov is doing out in in, in Finland. He okay. has 5 points in 8 games. It's been kind of slow over the last little bit, but TPS who he plays for hasn't been playing particularly well of late. Um I would expect that to turn around at a certain point. Like he's got talent and he's being given a a, a place to shine. And TPS knows his quality and is going to put him in a position to to succeed. Okay, I love that. That's a that's a great sign. And I mean, when you look at it, the the Islanders don't have a ton of center depth at at the prospect pool. So if you can get something out of this kid, that'd be phenomenal, right? Yeah, because he's a second round pick from twenty eighteen, right? Yes, correct. Uh, the thing is, he's not very big. He's what five seven? It says here on, on Hockey DB. Let's say he maybe grew an inch, and or maybe he like he stood up on his tippy toes uh, when they when they when measure him the next time. Right. He's like five eight. He's not a very big guy, and he says here weighs one sixty five. Even if you put on a little bit of muscle, he's probably not going to top one eighty. Uh, and uh, the more he adds on, the slower he gets. Uh, he doesn't have necessarily explosive speed, uh, but the kid can move around. Uh, he's a, he's a pretty smooth skater. Uh, he's a he's a physical player. He gets down in the in, in the down and dirty when he needs to. Uh, he's maybe not got the best shot, but my god, is this guy creative? They call him the Moscow Wizard for a reason. Uh, out in Finland, just the stuff that he can pull. My god, my god, like he's he is a very dynamic, creative player. Just think of Josh Hosang, ish. So like he's got maybe eighty percent of Hosang's offensive abilities. And maybe a little bit more, and twenty-five to thirty percent more defensive abilities. So like he's better defensively by a considerable margin, and not really less on the offensive side. Okay, that's intriguing to me. I know the size is definitely going to be a question mark at the next level, but I'm intrigued. Definitely, he he has talent, right? Like, and, and we've seen small guys who are talented succeed even if they're drafted later on. And this mm-hmm. guy wasn't drafted very much later, right? Like, we're talking. Pretty early second round. That's right. So that, that there is a chance that something happens here and that they have something here. So um, I, I'd like to see him get some time in the AHL eventually. Yeah, I would imagine next year. He's got a one-year deal with TPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't imagine that he will leave, although it's possible. Like, f- uh, Finnish teams are allowing some of these players to go. Um, I, I, don't, I don't expect that to be the case for him. Uh, I would expect that to be for Koivla. Obviously, he's on loans. So it's not the same thing uh, as as Iskakov, who signed a deal, uh, and he signed it. Uh, they, the Islanders were not expecting him to go pro, right? Like, he was playing at the University of Connecticut. Uh, for, he had been there for two years. They were expecting him to play his, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, senior year? No. Junior. Junior, thank you. God, well, I, we don't have those here necessarily, so like I'm not I'm not used to that. Uh, he was going to play his. Ju- they all thought he was going to play his junior year, but when COVID hit, he decided to go pro. Uh, I, I've heard that it's because of the, there's maybe like issues where he needs to make money. Um, 
whatever that may be, whether that be true or not, doesn't matter. He has gone pro now and it caught people by surprise, but he's definitely making the best of it in the AHL, or sorry, in, in Finland. And I would expect next year in the AHL for him. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I love to hear that. Sorry, but let me just, just add one caveat to that. Yeah. The Finnish season is already, again, we're eight games in. They don't play 82 games there. Uh, I think the season is like 50 games long. Uh, it ends in, in March. Right, and that's if they hmm. don't go to like the playoffs type of thing, which isn't incredibly long either. Uh, I, I, as it stands today, the AHL announced that they've pushed things back to February fifth. Like they're not starting before then. So if they're not starting till February fifth, their season's probably going till April, June. Not even uh, much longer than that. Maybe July, I, I would say. Yeah, probably. Unless, it depends on how many games they're looking to play, but it's going to go into the summer, I'd imagine. I would imagine. So there, there's probably going to be a point this season where some of the players who have contracts in Europe, like Ishikov, could see out the entire contract and still come over and play this year. Interesting. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, next is Otto Koivula. Uh, we all know Ooh. everything about uh, King Koivula. Yes, fan favorite. Uh, but he's on fire right now. He's got a three-game point streak out with uh, HIFK. Well, it's IFK. The H is just for the, their Helsinki. Um, okay where he's playing but yeah three game point streak just put up a power play goal today uh so he's up to uh what is it i have two points but like that has changed he's on to three points in five games okay solid so again he just he just started over he just started right like he he was one of the later uh additions or the latest addition in terms of loan moves from the islanders uh and he's playing again 15 16 minutes a night like on the higher end of the 16 uh, mainly because like he's just an extra player. They're, they're not going to be like hitching their wagon on Koivula. I I have a Otto Koivula take for you, and it it's okay. re- it it relates back to the big club. So uh, assuming that the cap is going to stay where it is for next year as well, they're going to have trouble re-signing Casey Sezikis. So I'm thinking that he can be the fourth line center replacement if Casey Zekas does move on, which I don't necessarily want. But if it does happen, then I think uh, Koivala would be a candidate for that role. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. He's making or his cap hit, his NHL cap hit is 786,666. He's still on his ELC. Uh, so even if they do sign him, well, or sorry. Assuming they sign him, which would be a fair assumption to make, it's not going to be anywhere near the $3.35 million that Casey Zekas is making. Right. Heck, it's probably going to be a third of that at best. Uh, if we've seen anything from Lou, uh, it's probably going to be a $700,000 deal. Yeah, for right? Like years. The kid's making seventy k on his ELC deal right now. So. Yeah, right. So it'll probably be, yeah, like you said, 700000 800000 something like that. Yeah, and so when you consider that compared to like you brought up with Zekas, I, I think that's a fair take, man. Yeah, just just my two cents. Again, I'm not looking for Casey Zekas to go, but if you are looking to, you know, free up cap room and you have to, then I think Coivola could fill that role. But yeah, yeah, well, they're gonna have to, right? Like again, next year they're gonna they're gonna need. Well, he's not he's done this year, right? Like that's his last his last year. Yeah. I would imagine, like, because if you're bringing him back, are you really going to pay him more than the three point three five? Because he'll he'll be worth it. You can't. No, you can't. You can't pay him more than that. You can't. Because you still have Bo. You're still going to have Pellick to sign, and you're still going to have Sorokin to sign, and then Seeker on top of that. 
Like everyone loves him, but like, like at a certain point, you, you got to cut bait at some point. No, you're gonna it's just, if you wanted to sign all four, it's, you're probably gonna need twenty million dollars, <laughs> right? Where the Somewhere? hell are we finding that? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I really have no idea. Ugh. Okay. Uh, next, we did Iskakov, Koivlo, uh, Matias Rajaniemi. Uh, okay. So again, fifth, sixth round pick for the Islanders this year. Big kid, right? Six four. I think 185 was the last measurement. He's only 18, though. Turned 18 in September. Uh, so he's a young pup. Uh, he's playing 14-plus minutes a night for uh, the Pelicans, who are an okay um, uh, finish team. They're not, like, fantastic. Last I checked, they're kind of, like, middle of the pack in terms of standings. Uh, he doesn't play a whole lot, as you would expect an 18-year-old to do. Uh, but he's going to be getting a look from the Finnish national team. Like, he could very well be playing in the World Junior Championship this year. Yeah, that's good. That'd be great if he's able to do that. Just get all that experience while you can. Right, and that, that's just it, right? So playing, uh, he, I don't imagine he'll be one of their top pair defenders. Mm-hmm. He'd probably slide in kind of like what he's doing now in the third pair. Uh, but he's just a big, solid defensive body. Doesn't really put up a lot of points, but you know we've seen Adam Pellick now put a lot of points, and we still value him greatly. So uh, he's still young; he still has a lot of time. A lot. Don't war- rush this kid, and that's going to come up a lot here. Yeah, no, of course. A lot of these guys, it's not like you necessarily have to, you know, get these guys in now, sort of thing. Yeah, because I, I, and I see it with when I when I update people, go like when Lundgren scored a hat trick. Oh my God, he's a gem. We'll, we'll get to him, but like. We have to manage expectations at least a hair here, at least oh. a little bit. No, totally, one hundred percent. Next and and finally, the last one in Finland, Henrik, Henrik Tikkanen, goalie who uh, is about as tall as a skyscraper, <laughs> six eight, absolute beast. He's already twenty years old, which is probably why he went in the, the seventh round. Right. Uh, but so far, so good from him in Finland. Uh, he's he's playing in the lower league, uh, the Mestis, which is. It's not like an AHL league. It's not a developmental league. It's just the lower league. So consider gotcha. like if they broke the NHL in two, right? The the 15, 16 best teams in one league and the lower portion. So like the Detroit's and the Ottawa's in the bo- in the bottom portion. Yeah, That's yeah. where he's playing. But he's playing at the cream of the crop. Like uh IPK is who he plays for. They're first or third depending on how you scratch it. They're first based off points percentage, but like third based off total points. They're one of the better teams, right? Top three teams in that division. He has an 899 save percentage over six games and a 2.31 goals against average. He's pretty good. Yeah, that, that that's pretty good. You'd probably like that save percentage to go up a little bit, but um, that, that goals against average certainly isn't bad. So let me just pitch this one to you. I'm going to bring up the stats here for him specifically because you bring up a good point. You'd want to see those save percentages go up. And uh, over the last two games, because he played back-to-back, which is impressive, because usually you don't see goalies play back-to-back games, specifically this early in the season. There's no need for it. Um, But uh, IPK certainly did it. Uh, And I'm just trying to find him now. Of course, I'm having a hard time because I'm trying to talk and search at the same time. (laughs) So Tikkanen has played six games, like I said before. This is me vamping. So the last two games, he played October 23rd and October 24th. Played the full 60 minutes. He played a little bit of overtime uh, in, in game two. And has a 9.375, so .937 save percentage in game one. And then a mm-hmm. 9.03 save percentage in game two. Okay, that's good. Right? So pretty pretty good stuff from the guy. And, and from what I've seen, I, pl- I saw him play on the 23rd. I watched that one. 
uh, he's a calm dude in the net. Like, he didn't face a lot of shots. He faced 15 through the entire game. Oh, wow. So that kind of helps. Uh, but man, he's not scrambling, and he doesn't need to. He's 6'8". <laughs> he's massive. No, he, he goes to the Robin Leonard School of goaltending where you just take up space and get in position. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. 100%. That That's awesome, though. Love that. Um, I'm hoping that I, w- I would like to see him make the trip over to the AHL eventually, especially because he's older, too. Yeah, he. I know a lot of people are saying that he's 20, he could play, and that that's true. Although it's different when it comes to AHL kids. Like we right. saw Simon Holmstrom play already, right? As an 18 year old, the the 19 mm-hmm. year old rule doesn't apply to European drafted players. It only applies to Canadian. sorry, CHL drafted players, Canadian drafted mm-hmm. players. You're drafted from the NCAA. Doesn't matter. You can play. Um, so that that's the only hiccup there, <clears throat> and he doesn't apply. He I don't think he plays at the AHL level. If they bring him over, it's going to be to staff the ECHL. But I, we'll, we'll see when and if that is. Uh, so exactly. far, so good in, in a very small sample size. Correct. Okay, so that's it for Finland. Next, Sweden, where some of the big guys play, some of the more exciting prospects that we have. Uh, and that's no reflection of the league, but just over the caliber of players that we've got there. Right. Uh, first up, Simon Holmstrom. All right. Put up two points the other day. Good. Finally gets on the score sheet. Good. We, we like to see that. Uh, we've both written about Simon Holmstrom a little bit recently. So um, uh, definitely, I think it would be fair to say that he needs to have a, a better year this year if, when he goes back to the AHL. We're assuming he's going back to the AHL when that gets started up, right? Oh yeah, he's just on loan. It's not a it's not right. a permanent deal. It's it's just a loan deal. Exactly. So uh, definitely, he needs to produce more at the AHL level and and take a step in the progression this year for sure. Yeah, he's going to be counted on more this year in Bridgeport. He's already got a year under his belt. Uh, but the thing with Simon Holmstrom that I, I really want to keep preaching, or the, what I want to preach when it comes to managing Simon Holm, the expectations put on Simon Holmstrom is he too is still young right he was the youngest player in the in, in North and the youngest professional hockey player in North America last year the youngest wow, wow. that's pretty impressive actually wow right consider that like, he got drafted in June he comes over for the the start of training camp in September mm-hmm. he's never played in North America he's played under his dad at most of his his Swedish hockey career, because his dad's a coach for HE71, he's played with family in a comfortable situation where he grew up in Sweden. He gets plucked out of there, plopped in North America, Bridgeport, Connecticut, like totally different than Sweden. Sure, like, you know, it's waterfront, so it's kind of close to what he's used to, but it's totally different. And then it's not only that, you've got to play... NHL style hockey when you're used to the big ice out in Sweden. At least in Finland, there's not kind of it's kind of smaller. In in Sweden, it is not right. full on Olympic size. That's a huge adjustment. Comes here, does that, and now COVID, boom, back over there, readapt to what's going on over there. That's tough, man. Yeah, it, it's a lot of moving parts. It is, and uh, like I, I think it would have to take something drastic for the Islanders to be like, okay, we need this kid to play, like. For the big team, like like now. No, he's not. He's, I, he's not. No, it's not going to happen. He, exactly. Un- unless everyone gets injured. That's right. That that's what I'm saying. So he because he's kind of afforded that that other year of development. My what my take was basically, I would like to see the the points per game and him actually staying on the ice. That mm. needs to be, that needs to be a thing because he, he has been injury prone. So he needs to stay healthy, and he needs to take that step to at least 
put himself in a position where he is competing for a spot next year. I'm not saying he even has to make the NHL roster next year, but he he should be in that um, conversation where you're like, okay, he's going to get a look like kind of like what we're talking about with Bellows and Wallstrom for this year. Yeah, I I, I think that that's going to be tough with guys like Austin Zarnick on the team. Uh, Josh was saying now as well, although like I think you wrote that before Josh was saying it signed a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Hosang's number one, Zarnik maybe number two, depending on the injury. Uh, and then, then yeah, maybe he fits. But if Bellows is there, that's three. <sighs> yeah, he he might be in the top five, I would say. And it also depends on what the hell happens with Oliver Wallstrom, who we'll get to in a second. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, glad to hear that Holmstrom's playing well recently. Yes, yeah, so he's he's picked up the production. Uh, but but definitely, I want to manage expectations on Holmstrom. Like he's had a lot of adapting to do. And, and don't get me wrong. Yes, he's an Islanders prospect, but you you better believe that the guys at Vita Hostin are are on him, saying like you need to adapt your game for the bigger ice because here you are because they're they're doing that to Oliver Wallstrom. I, I know that for a fact. Yep, absolutely. And even though it's like I'm only here on loan, I'm just here to play. No, no, you need to adapt to the bigger ice. You know, and I'm going back to play on the smaller ice. I don't care. That's scary. That's a little sketchy. So, like, wait, wait, to be fair, like, they still have to win games, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a tough situation for those teams because, like you said, they're they're trying to win, like they're trying to do their own thing, and it's like, oh, well, now we're getting this kid who's, you know, trying to figure out how to play at the AHL and the NHL, and it's like, no, now you got to play our way. It's not easy. At least for Holmstrom, he spent most of his life, true, the entirety of his life up to last year, playing on those ice surfaces. It's not much of an adaptation. Right, um, but it's a you know you got to take Brent Thompson out of year and and put I forget the name of the coach for Vita Hastin in your year so yeah maybe it's a good thing then perhaps uh, so then Oliver Walsham kind of the same thing ish uh, so he's out in Sweden playing with AIK however he is injured uh, took a big tumble in the boards yes. the other day uh, in in game number six so he's played five full games put up four points uh, about as productive as you'd want him to be uh, at the a at the uh, Sorry, Alzascan level, which again is like Mestis, right? Yeah. Uh, when we talked about Finland, you have the SHL and you have Alzenskan. It's not AHL in terms of development. It's not a developmental league. It's really the lower tier uh, of like both. If you combine them both, it's the this, this lower tier of, of, of Swedish teams. Gotcha. Think of it that way. Uh, so he, he's playing well. His coach thinks that he can score more. So I took, I spoke to Hakan Alun. And he said that Oliver could score more uh, if he gets more, uh, the word I want to use here is lethal, but more proficient in front of the net. Okay, that makes sense. So he's not much for doing a lot of damage like Anders Lee styles. Say so give it that way. Okay, so he wants him to be in front of the net more and be a little more, I don't know if physical is the right word, but like, I don't know, use the body more? But he wants him to be just more to use the front of the net more effectively uh, okay. to convert, you know, his opportunities into into points, uh, which isn't necessarily uh, Wallstrom's thing. He's a, he's a shooter. He's a shooter, and he can shoot from distance. And, and look, he's putting up points without doing that. So imagine if he adds that net front presence type of guy, a guy who can finish in front of the goal to his game. Forget it, like goals for days. Yeah. Um, but he is injured. He's out for two weeks. Uh, the last it was, so he's already gone on a week now, so he should be back in a week. Uh, I haven't heard anything different from the team, but the team's the one that told me one to two weeks. So we'll see. Okay. Absolutely. So good on you again for keeping track on that. 
Thanks. I'm trying to develop some some contacts out over there. So I, I've got someone I'm speaking to with AIK specifically. Uh, it's building relationships with all these other teams so that when we have these prospects, we can know more while they're there. Absolutely. Makes total sense. Uh, next, Robin Sallow, the horse. While Simon Holmstrom plays for White Horse, this guy is an actual horse. <laughs> he is playing the third most minutes per game than any other player. Sorry. He's the third most played player in the SHL. Not wow. just defensemen, total, of course, excluding goalies. Total. He's averaging 23 minutes, 58 seconds a night. Jesus, that's a ton of time. That's a lot of time. He played 28 minutes the other day when they went to overtime. I think they won 4-3 against Frolunda, I'm okay. going to say. I, I may have got who the opposition was wrong, but they went to overtime. He played like 28 minutes absolute beast and the two other guys who have more ice time than him are like 31 year old vets yeah so they've been there and done that so that's a great sign for Salo then yeah so he came in from from Finland last year right signed a deal so he signed with Oribro through the year uh he's their number one guy just absolute workhorse in all situations that's going to be huge for the the Bridgeport Sound Tigers not this year uh next year uh, but but I, I say that fully well remembering what I said earlier about... So a Rebro season finishes March 11th, I believe, the regular season. And then right. they have playoffs, but like their playoffs don't last two months like ours do. Uh, so like he could very well be here at the tail end of 2021. Could be. Okay. All right. I'd sign up for that. Yeah. So like consider that like as a switch for you're you're adding in Seb- uh, Robin Salo as you take out Sebastian Ajo, right? Yeah, I would again. I would sign up for that. I think that's a, that's a fair trade off. Yeah. So th- this guy seems he's perfectly like he's really smart with the puck. Uh, just absolute like cerebral type player. Maybe not the greatest skater, but still a fine skater in his own right. Like he can move up and down the ice. I wouldn't say he's Nick Letty on skates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he he's got deceptive speed though, and it's not to like knock. You know, he's not a good skater. No, he's a good skater. It's just he's not the greatest. But he's more positionally aware uh, than than someone you'd expect his age to be. Again, he's playing as many minutes as someone who's thirty one years old. Think of it that way. Right. So they they that team clearly trusts him, and uh, they are relying on him to play those big minutes. So you'd assume that he'd be able to make that certain transition at least to the AHL and be competitive over there with that competition as well. That's that's right. And consider that Oribro isn't some like bottom tier team either. They're the no. fourth best team in the SHL. Yeah. So like uh, he's doing it on a, a really good team. So that that's great. I love that. Yeah, so that's huge for for them. Uh, next and last in the SHL, Alexander Lundkrantz, uh, the, the the guy whose name's on everyone's tongue, even though they can't pronounce it. <laughs> right, Lundkrantz. I didn't do it. Lundkrantz. There you go. That's that's good. Just say L-U-Krantz. Let's go with that way. Lundkrantz. Yeah. He is putting up a ton of points at the U-20 level. He's 14 for 14. So 14 points, 14 games. Awesome. That's He's great. playing at the SHL now. They bumped him up already. Okay. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> skated great. four minutes and 14 seconds the other night for Brynäs. Okay. So not a ton of time. No, but again, he's 18. Yeah. No, that that's a, that's that's huge. That'd be like an 18-year-old playing over here. 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because uh, he is very much playing in an AHL type of situation. He's mm-hmm. playing for the Brennan's under 20 team, basically their B squad, their developmental team, just like the AHL. And he's putting up point per game. And keep in mind, he's playing on a very defensive minded team. Like their philosophy is very much like the Islanders. It's not run and gun offenses. We are responsible everywhere. We make sure we cover the defensive. Yes, we'll put up points. Don't worry about that. But we want to make sure we suffocate the other team and don't allow them to do anything. I, for one, am shocked that Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz <laughs> found that kid. Um. So he's playing SHL right now. I, I reached out to the team just to make sure, though, uh, that we're not reading too much into that because there is kind of like a schedule. Uh, I'm not going to say issue because it's not an issue, but there's a schedule thing that you that we might have to consider. So okay. Brennis is playing this week. They've got two games to play this week, whereas Brennis under 20 played at the beginning of the week, and they have a week off before they play again. Mm. So like, okay. like it kind of makes sense to well rather than keep our point per guy point per game guy not doing anything let's have him play even if it's like four minutes a night with the team that we're probably going to promote him to next year anyways. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I just want confirmation on that from the team itself. I imagine that's the case because that makes a lot of sense. Um, but we'll see what they say. Maybe they want to keep him around. I don't know. Yeah. No. That's that's really that's a great point. I didn't even think of it like that, but. Yeah, it, it's we we've seen that stuff before where guys would be sent down to the AHL during the NHL week off and stuff to uh, you know keep pace and stuff. Exactly, I, I've heard like, do we have a gem here? Let, let's hold off on that, okay? Like, yes, it's exciting. He's got 14 points in 14 games. This guy was drafted in the third round. Oh my god! And like, he shouldn't have been drafted. Some of the scouts that I've spoken to are like, we did not have him on our on our draft board at all, whatsoever. Um, so like. This was a stretch to take him to the third round. There's something there, but like this is going to be a project. He's not going to be here next year. He's not going to be here this year for sure. He's probably not going to be here next year. Maybe if Lou tries to go the same route as Simon Holmstrom, but mm-hmm. I think that would be quite a stretch. Yeah, I I'm with. He's 18, also, right? That's correct. Yeah, I don't think we see him for a couple more years. Yeah, but so far so good. Like some of these draft picks, they look sketch, but they're going all right. Well, there there could be something there. It's it's fun to see, you know, the doubt in the scouting staff because we go, "Why are you doing that?" And then you see, like, "All right, okay, um, I see you there. I see what you did." Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and I'm glad that he's producing as you know much as he is early on. I just I agree with you. I think we should temper our expectations just for right now. Yeah, so and we'll see what happens with some of our other guys. Like again, the AHL just said like February fifth. So what happens with guys like Bodie Wild or, or Samuel Bolduc or I don't know Kiefer Bellows? What do they do? They just sit there right. and twiddle their thumbs till February? That's not great. No, I don't love that. So we're definitely gonna have to look at those guys too and see if they end up anywhere. Right. So like, and again, like we don't have OHL players who say now. I think the OHL is set on starting in January. Um, we don't have OHL players. We don't. We didn't draft a single one. We drafted no. a QMJHL player, and then Alex Jeffries is in the is in the NCAA Merrimack. I think it is, isn't it? Um, I believe so. Yes, that sounds familiar. So like, what? But then we still have other guys like Blade Jenkins who just signed. Right? What are yeah. we doing with him? Yeah, he's kind of just what sitting around twiddling thumbs. I don't know what to do. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not the one there. But, like, they've got to figure out what to do with some of these guys who are just sitting around not doing nothing. Right. 
exactly so thank you for all those updates man and definitely if you're listening and enjoyed this follow along with mitch at tlo mitch and get all your you know daily prospect updates it is daily so i i say who's playing at the beginning of the day and then i ran i see what happened to all those players at the end of the day it's great absolutely so let's move this thing along let's get into arbitration a little bit so josh hosang was supposed to have an arbitration meeting coming up but he settled with the islanders signing a signing a deal how do you feel about it um, fine, I guess. I was surprised that he went to or filed for arbitration. Um, not necessarily stunned that it something happened before arbitration, but we'll see. I, my expectations are are really low. Um, and that's not to say that I I don't like um Joshua saying the prospect. I I'm still interested in his game. I just I don't know how many times we're going to run this back year after year. <laughs> right? It just feels like we were at the end, and then the Islanders are like, oh, no, we're going to qualify him. And you're going, okay, but why? Again, just like you said very well, it's not that I don't like Hosang, the person, or the player. It's you guys have been at war with each other since 2014. Maybe it's time to just end things. Yeah, we did it last week. We talked about the toxic relationship. That's what it is. Exactly. And so they're back in it. They're like, let's give it a shot. You know, they kind of like they bought the dog, right? So it's yeah. a couple have been at war with each other and break it on break. No, let's get a dog. And that that should bring us together. Something to unite us. And that that's the honors with this one year contract at 700,000 and 225 in the minors. <laughs> oh, boy, this could be so bad. <laughs> It could be. So, like, this is clearly why he went through arbitration. I know a lot of us were asking questions, me included, about right. why he wanted to go through arbitration. Clearly, he didn't want to sign that qualifying offer, which was probably going to just guarantee him a $70,000 paycheck at the minors, which he knows he's going to be playing at unless he puts out, like, the best camp of camps ever. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's got a $225,000 paycheck at the minors level that's a 320 plus percent raise that's huge yeah right that that makes a massive difference and that doesn't really do anything to the islanders cap so if he can get it sure exactly uh now what he does with it we'll see that that's going to be the sticking point obviously not to as in um is this was this worth it it's just to see like why did we do this and why did he do that as well uh we'll see what he does throughout the year, right? Because he's got to get to the NHL level this year. He can't not make the NHL this year. I don't know how he does. (laughs) I don't know how he does make it. Well, the only way he does is if he performs, right? We've Mm -hmm. seen him, like, put up a ton of points. You remember just last year when he came out and said, like, the Islanders uh, didn't want him on the team or were treating him unfairly and had made up their mind before camp even started, and then he goes on a tear at the AHL? Yeah, that's right. He was on fire in the AHL. He put AHL. up 10 points in those four games after that comment. Yeah. 10 points. Three games with at least two points. Sorry, not even at least. Three games with two points and then one game with four. Yeah, he was a man <laughs> on a mission. That's insane. I, I know it's the AHL, but still, he, he was a man on, the, on a mission for sure. That's just it. So he's got to be able to, to do that more consistently. Obviously not every night. But he's clearly he clearly can be a dominant player. He's just gonna have to show it and force the Islanders' hand at some point, a la Devin Taves and and Michael Del Cole to bring them on board. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really hope that he does get that chance. I am rooting for him. I tweeted that. I said I'm rooting for Josh Hosang. I just don't know what what's what's possible. You know what's possible in this situation. 
it's going to have to be, like you said, an injury. I, I I don't see him making it out of camp unless they don't sign Derek Broussard and they're like, Josh, the spot is yours uh, because you have a $700,000 cap hit. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening. I would imagine if they find a way to bring in someone like Derek Broussard. But throughout the year, if Josh saying is putting up buckets and buckets and buckets of points, they're going to go like, we've got to bring this guy up. We can't not. This is just, just stupid. Yeah. So I'm rooting for him to put up those buckets of points. That would be really nice. Agreed. And with guys like uh, Austin Zarnak playing, who's like a point-per-game-plus player at the AHL level, that should certainly help uh, Jose. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Ryan Pulak is set for arbitration, um, I believe, next month, right? Early next month? November 6th, yeah. There you go. So um, we still have a little bit of time uh, for him to get his arbitration. Do you think it gets to that point, Mitch, or no? Maybe. Okay. Uh, I I just don't know where he thinks what he thinks he's worth. Because uh, then you see a guy like we're gonna get to with Devin Tays getting four point one million dollars a year, and you're saying, well, I'm a number one guy. He was at best a number two guy. Um, the hell am I worth then? Like if he's getting four point one at a five point nine million dollar payout in year four, I I'm owed six plus, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see a scenario in which he gets less than $6 million. I think you're looking at six, six two five, six five, something like that. Um, your, not your boy, our boy, uh, Charting Hockey, had him evaluated at, I think it was 7.29 against the cap, which um, I, I don't think it will get to that point, but it just goes to show you like what his market could potentially be. Yeah, like I, I'd rather see evolving Wiles numbers on that. I, I don't know what they they valued him because they're pretty close with their contract yeah. predictions. Um, but but still, yeah, okay. Like if we're looking up to seven million dollars, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that the Islanders just don't have. I don't think it gets. The, I don't think it gets that high. Like I said, I think six five is the ceiling. Um, but it, I don't know. I really don't know. They they have to make sure it doesn't get to arbitration. They being the Islanders, obviously, because you don't want to let an arbitrator set that. Because if an arbitrator comes in at seven, are you really going to walk away from Ryan Pollock? You no. can't. You can't afford to. After trading Devontae's, you really can't. Well, even if you kept Devontae's, I don't think you could afford to walk away from Ryan Pollock. No, uh, you, you can't do that. So if you know you're not going to, like, if you know you're not going to get him locked in, and you're afraid of arbitration, call up Winnipeg. Call up Winnipeg right now. And just be like, you know what? We're not going to get this guy signed at a number we want. And that, and if we do sign him at that seven-point-plus million dollar, it's going to screw everything up, including Matthew Barzell. We can't have that happen because we need Matthew Barzell more. We're going to roll the dice by bringing in Patrick Laine and putting Noah Dobson up top. I don't see them doing that. That's <laughs> yeah, why I, that's so. what I wanted to get done um, before arbitration. But like, if you feel if Lou feels that, that's probably going to be his recourse. Yeah, maybe, maybe that would be the play. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I wouldn't be too confident, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not not saying that I'm down on Noah Dobson. Uh, I think he. I wrote that he can have an increased role, but like on the third pair. Like I want him and Andy Green to man that third pair. Would year. you do? First pair, Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield. Second pair, Adam Pellick, Noah Dobson. Third pair, Thomas Hickey and Johnny Boychuk. Because I don't imagine we move him in this case. Wow, Hickey Boychuk, what year is this? This <laughs> 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 <So> is <it's> 2017? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, 
that's sketchy. That's really sketchy, man. I, I, I'm there. I am there. But, like, I don't know what else to do. And, of course, this is worst-case scenario. This is you, – you're no way you're getting Pollock signed. I imagine he does. Like, if he's looking at seven and the team says, look, we can offer you max 6.5 before everything gets screwy, I imagine he takes a $500,000 hit to be like, all right, I'm good. I'm good for this for the team. Like, I'll, I'll take that hit for the team. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm. I think something gets done in the next week and a half. I don't, yeah. I don't think it gets to arbitration. I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. No, absolutely. Anything else on arbitration before we get into Devontae's? No. I once the the closer they get, the obviously the closer we get to finding out how all the other dominoes fall. Ryan Pollock is is the the domino. Once that falls, everything else is going to start clicking into place. Absolutely. So Devontae's, who the Islanders traded a couple of weeks ago for two second round picks, signed with the Colorado Avalanche. And I think, Mitch, we finally got the closure on why Lou Amarillo decided to move him because four years at $16.4 million is a lot of money for Devontae's. I hope he's worth it. I'm not saying he's not worth it. It, it. The Islanders certainly could not afford that. There's no way. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. They probably couldn't go more than three. Right. And so like you're you're a million off and that's your ceiling. So like sorry, bud, we have to. We have to move you because there's no way we can give you what you're looking for. No, absolutely. And uh th- that stinks. And certainly I think Colorado's taking a little bit of a risk, but it could pay off for them. And I think he can be pretty good there, especially, you know, in their more of an offensive system in Colorado. So, you know, maybe he does put up a ton of points over there and turn into somebody who they put on the top pair. But I just don't think it was gonna work like that here no it just there's no way they can give him a a 4.1 million dollar cap hit or like he's getting 5.9 million dollars at the end of the year at the end of the contract that's a lot of change is he going to be worth top pair money essentially i don't know about that i don't know to me i think he's a good second pairing guy i think if you're putting him on your top pair it's a risk right now um I don't know. They're they're willing to take that gamble. Then in a couple of years, he's going to be the top pair guy. Yeah, like his numbers are okay, are are good even. Uh, his eye test is like he's great offensively, not so great defensively. His underlying numbers are absolutely glowing. It like like you put those in the Louvre, they're so beautiful to look at. His underlying numbers. Yeah, I guess it depends. It all depends on how much you value those. That that just the thing, right? It's like he could on paper be worth more than this but we know the game isn't played on paper true and i don't know if we've necessarily seen it yet to justify the four million dollars exactly for colorado i hope so and and for him like obviously he's a great he's a great person and, and a good player uh hopefully it works out and he gets he gets to earn that and more uh certainly he's he's worked his butt off to get where he is so to get paid good job by him yeah, I mean, I I hope it works out there, but like I said, I think we finally realized why Lou Amarell pulled the trigger, uh, because there's just there's no way. So no. Uh, maybe that two second round picks wasn't such a bad thing. It definitely isn't. It it definitely is not. Like, it's a good trade. Uh, the Islanders maybe didn't get everything they could have got out of someone of his value, but we have to have all the extenuating uh, context around it. And two seconds is, is pretty good. Again, Nate Schmidt went for a third, so. Let's chill out yeah. a second here. Yeah. Context is key, right, Mitch? Correct. Want to get into the quiz? Yes. All right, let's do it. 
Welcome to the 167th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Uh, Matt, this time there's no way you're going to get this one on the first guess. It's just okay. not going to happen. Uh, I, I've made sure of it, kind of. Uh, I couldn't find someone who's played exactly 167 games for the Islanders. So I found someone who's scored 167 helpers for the Islanders. Okay. So for those at home that haven't played or are, are new to this game, I give Matt five guesses to figure out a player that I have in mind. Each guess is progressively easier. Last week, he got it on the first one because he cheated, I bet. Um, no. I don't know how he hacked into my notepad, but he figured it out. <laughs> no, please. All right. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. One, I was born in Hull, Quebec. Do you even know where Hull is? I don't know. Like, geography is not my thing, man. I, it's north of me. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's right next to Ottawa. Where I like. I can see it from my oh, okay. house. Okay. Um, there you go. Two. I, maybe I shouldn't have given you that. Anyways, two. Uh, see what you're doing here? That's the, the cheating. Mm. You, you con me into I'm these things. Buttered you up. <laughs> two. I was a radio color commentator for the Isles. So sorry for the Isles after my playing days. I now stop working on that second one there. My God. Uh. Okay, next. Okay. I have two cups with the Isles, but it's debatable if I qualify for at least one of them. Okay, so someone from the 80s. Yeah. Well, okay, from next. that, yeah. Yeah, next. Uh, the Islanders traded for me to help convince a draft pick to play for them. Mm. This is a this is a guess. This could be bad if it's wrong. Is it Jean Potvin? It is. Oh, let's go! <laughs> Good job, buddy. Good job. Okay. All right, the last one. Sorry, the last one was that draft pick was my brother, who is a pretty famous player for the Isles and in the NHL. All right, and that that brother okay. was Danny Potvin. Right, they they traded Correct. with Philadelphia to bring in Jean Potvin to help convince Danny. Although I think Danny's mind was made up, regardless of Jean being there. Right, that was just my when you said to help bring someone in. That was my educated guess. So it worked. All it right. worked. Very educated by you. Thank you. Ah, two in a row. Good job. And I think there, there's a tweet that I wanted to share here from the Islanders on, on this subject specifically. This isn't uh, for Ooh. the social that we're just about to get into. Okay. Um, but this was shared on October 27th, so just yesterday. 47 years ago, Denny Potvin scored his first NHL goal, and the Isles got their first win over the Rangers. Wild times. Wow. wow. What a time to be alive. 47 years ago. Jeez, <laughs> that, that was a long, while ago. Long time ago. All right, let's get into the social... Words aren't doing it for us on this on this episode. <laughs> Let's get into the social segment. There we go. Enunciating is a thing. What do you got for us, Mitch? Oh, yeah. I've got three things. Uh, first one is from uh, Alex, uh, AJ Sodi. The Isles have no cap space to do anything but be a worse team than last year. Period. End of story. Jeez. Did someone call the negative Nancy parade? Like, come on now. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that, but sure. I don't buy the there's nothing better that can happen this year. Well, they could put up a better regular season effort than they did last year. That's for darn sure. 
Uh, can they absolutely, with this this team, get past the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but at least put up a better regular season record. There's a lot of room for improvement on this team. We've brought it up multiple times with Anders Lee. Uh, Anthony Bovillia is like one of the worst PDO guys on the team. So like his luck's about to change. And Nick Letty is going to be putting up points this year. It's just going to happen based off a deployment alone. He had like a minute and 13 average on the power play last year. He's usually at like 230 on average. He's going to get... He's going to get back to that 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 kind of deployment. And with Anders Lee putting up goals on the power play like we expect him to, Lee, Letty's going to put up points too. Maybe we're getting 35, 40-point Nick Letty. That'd be nice. Right? Like I'm not convinced it's going to happen, but it's certainly a possibility. So I'm not with Alex here uh, to, to say that this is going to be uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. It's only going downhill from here. No, I have no room for negativity like that in my life. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Alex, I think they're even under the bus, but we have too much positivity. I wanted to bring some negativity. So, Alex, okay. if you're a generally a positive guy, thank you. So, NHL Network tweeted, the top defenseman in the NHL is blank. Let us know your choice. And they listed off 25 defensemen. And Adam Pellick was not on the list, and a lot of Islanders fans were upset about it. But I ask you, Mitch, should have should he have been on that list? It depends on what they like. The, there's no criteria, so like, yes, I think so. Uh, if they're saying like, well, who's the best guy at like protecting the blue line? Well, like, because there's no impartiality here. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Like we we saw what happened when he wasn't around versus when he was. It was night and day uh, on a defensive team, right? Like the third best, I think it is, defensive team in the league over the last two years, and you take their number one defensive defenseman away. And they sink. I don't know. To me, that that shows a lot of credit. Kerry Hart basically won a Hart Trophy because sorry, Kerry Hart, Kerry Price. I called him the Kerry Hart because of that. Kerry Price won a Hart Trophy effectively on the back of I wasn't there in Montreal, sank to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Same thing point. with Adam Pellick. Yeah, I. My thing is not that he's not a great defenseman. I just don't think he fits with the rest of the names on here. They're all guys who put up points. Yeah, like you got your Hedmans, your Carlsons, right? Your Burns, Pietrangelo. Dougie Hamilton, Roman Yossi, Zach Wierenski, Shea Weber. Like these aren't the Adam Pellick-like guys. So I don't think, while I think he is good, I don't know if he fits what they were looking at because – None of the other 25 guys who are on the list are anything like Adam Pellick. No, exactly. And like there, there's something to be said about being able to put up points like all these guys do on the back end and still provide defensive cover like like most of these guys do. Like Yossi's a pretty good defenseman in his own end, plus mm-hmm. he's got that that extra edge that Adam Pellick does not have. He's definitely a one-dimensional defense, one defenseman. He's just really good in that one dimension. Right. Like, honestly, I think you can make a stronger case for Ryan Pulak to be included on this list than Adam Pellick. And not knocking uh, Adam Pellick, but just based on what they are looking at. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, for sure. Absolutely. What else you got for social? Uh, this one comes from Alan Furing. So he's a play-by-play voice for the Sound Tigers. And okay. he says, Isles lock up a handful of RFAs this morning. So they locked up the four. Nearly 700 games of experience in the AHL between these four. That's wow. huge right there because they have a pretty inexperienced core of players that are going to stock that AHL squad. And then they get guys like AJ Greer and um, uh, I said earlier, Austin Sarnak coming in as well. That's Mm going to be huge for them. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we f- f- tend to forget how bad Bridgeport was last year, so getting some veteran experience in there is not the worst thing in the world. Right, worst team in the league last year? Like, that's that's rough. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, last one for me comes from Matt Barzal's Instagram. Oh, yes. At, and it says, don't forget your helmet, kids. At Matt Martin would be proud. And it, it's him wearing a helmet, obviously, but he's got a mustache what is your take on a Matthew Barzal mustache? It looks good, first off. Good job by him getting that on there. Uh, it's very full, and, uh, and it's from what I can tell, it has volume. I-, I can't get that much volume on mine, and I'm 36 years old. Um, but I assume it's a Halloween costume idea, although, like, where are you going to show off this Halloween costume? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I- I- I'm not really, look, I'm not really a mustache guy. Right. Uh, if you're going for someone who is as good looking as him, like he, he don't need a mustache, a little bit of scruff. OK, sure. But like he's a really good looking guy. The mustache kind of throws it off a little bit. No. Yeah. Do you think Lou like just dropped his tablet because he's like 75 years old? <laughs> I assume he only looks at tablets uh, and just dropped it on the ground and, and just just shunned like, oh, what is happening? That and his bowl of fruit instantly on the floor. <laughs> Uh, just hating the sight of it, calling up Matt Martin. Why did he put your, what are you making these kids do? <laughs> Tell them to stop. He just revoked the handshake deal that he's had with Matt Martin for the last <laughs> month. <laughs> Barzal just threw him under the bus. Unbelievable. Uh, my last one here comes from AHL Communications. I said it earlier, so I kind of gave it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the target to start date for the 2021 AHL regular season has been moved to February 5th. Um, okay. And that's, that's targeted again. So that could still move. So when we're talking, like we said earlier about some of these AHL guys who have not been worked over with loans or, or moved over in loans, and we're still seeing some of these loan happens, right? Like I forget what team it was, but they moved someone over to the Zurich Lions today. Uh, that's uh, Austin uh, Matthews' old team. Uh, like you can still get guys over there. So I would, I would imagine with this news that the Islanders probably move one or two of these guys Ideally, Bodie Wild, just be, if they can, just because yeah. of his, he hasn't skated much over the last year and a bit, right? Like he's been injured most of last year, and finally when he got to the OHL to start up again, they're like, "Oh, COVID, sorry." I think he got like ten games in or something. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely like to see him to you know get get going a little bit. I, I'm still high on Wild. I think he's someone who has a, a legitimate chance at the next level. So I would like to get him back on the ice as soon as possible. Yeah, so that that's one of the guys. Maybe Bellows because I imagine they might want to use him this year. But like, right, we'll see what happens. But like the fact that it moves to February fifth as a target date, woof, that's rough. That's tough, absolutely. So before we go, let's just get a couple of plugs in here. So wherever you are listening to this show, if you can please subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support from you guys. Really, it goes a long way, and we appreciate it. So uh, if you could do that for us, would be great. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you a ton of content over there and a great community of Islanders fans. So we got a mailbag show, which we're going to record in a little bit. You got a live stream with Mitch. You got a newscast with Mitch. 
Um, and we, then we do uh, other podcasts throughout the week as well on uh, deep dives on topics because there's no games. So during the season, we do post-game shows. Right now, there's no games, so we're doing deep dives on topics. ton of fun. Check it out, patreon.com slash eyesoniles. That'll do it for us on episode 167. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we will talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.